listening to What's the Frequency on Siouxland Public Media. I'm Mary Hartnett. Today in the program, we talk with representatives of the Woodbury County Democratic and Republican parties about the big win of President Donald Trump in the Iowa caucuses on Monday. First, we talk with Susan Stewart of the Woodbury County Republican Party. Stewart is the co-chair of the organization's Central Committee and the former leader of Woodbury County Republicans. You know, I had been predicting he would get a majority uh, all along, and I think he got like a majority. He didn't right. get sixty or seventy percent. He still, I think, Nikki Haley and uh, DeSantis did very credibly. So there was some surprise, but maybe not as I was in the Leeds precinct, and the Leeds, I think it was like seventy percent for Trump. Now that would have been surprising to me had that been countywide, but or statewide. But I think we uh, Trump had a, a comfortable. 50 slightly plus majority, which is what I probably could have predicted. Oh, yeah, and I know that uh, the national press was talking about that in the days leading up, that 50%. Yeah, they were talking yeah. about a lot, and he did it. Yeah, and really, if you look at the number of other candidates there were, I mean, like, with all due respect to Ryan Binkley and uh, Asa Hutchison, they were not going to get even single digits. So, you know, you really had, for, and Nikki and Ron, you know, did about what I think I would have expected, the low double digits. Right. So we just didn't, if we had had more candidates, maybe it would have been a little bit of a different result. But given, you know, kind of the headline candidates, I guess I wasn't particularly surprised. What do you think drove people to support Trump? A lot of people were saying immigration was a big mover for this. Certainly it is. I think uh, there, well, since the beginning of, well, since 2016, there have been an amazing number of Trump people. Not just, I always uh, look back to 2016 when he came to Sioux City and someone did a Facebook Live of people in line and it looked like a high school football game. It was Sunday afternoon. You know, people go to to Sam's Club on Sunday afternoon, but they went to see Trump. And that is just totally uh, something that doesn't happen in, in Republican politics. You know, you usually have a core of people who go, but not families who could have a choice between seeing someone in Sam's Club. So he's been a kind of an incredible uh, magnet since then. There's a lot of, of talk and has been about his appeal among evangelicals. And of course, that was big and expected to be. But um, I've seen a lot of people uh, on the national media talking about their interest in Trump, people that don't identify as evangelicals, but they have issues they're deeply concerned about, one of which is is immigration, another, the economy, and also a concern about what's going on in the schools, a lot of these very kind of homegrown issues. That's right. And I think, uh, to a certain extent, evangelicals look at what he did for the Supreme Court, and they see that as maybe carrying on to other issues. Right. And I think he's done probably a better job of reaching out to those people than he did in the past when he couldn't really even quote the Bible chapters correctly, the Bible books correctly. So, yes, he, he kind of learned. Yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, you know, going forward, uh, going to New Hampshire, now everyone is talking about uh, if Nikki Haley can pull out a win in New Hampshire because she seems to have more support there, and they talk about her more— Talk about moderate views. 
uh, as, as opposed to Donald Trump and maybe Ron DeSantis. I mean, how much truth is there? Do you think she really has a much more moderate uh, campaign? I, you know, I think there are some issues in, that she has a slightly more moderate or kind of open view to. Um, I also have been impressed with Nikki since the beginning when she said, look at I can win a general election. To me, that was her theme. That you know, she has some, she has appeal to such a broad range of people. She can win a general election, and you know, basically, that's another way of saying you guys can't. Yeah, yeah, and that has been a big issue all along in this campaign. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, people believe Donald Trump can win, or he wouldn't have won by that margin. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Trump is um, strange as it may seem. I think the more Trump hangs around, the more popular of a candidate he can't be he continues to become with people who maybe weren't his supporters before do you think that um when you talk to people it's kind of this 50 50 thing of people that like him and despite his issues in courts the, the 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 court cases against him the criminal charges against him they don't see that as that important they want him pushing their their issues and their views and other people say how can you get behind someone with with a criminal, all those criminal yeah. cases, right? It's it's such it's such a dichotomy. Well, and I also think it's a comparison too, you know, between Trump and Biden, two old men, and you know they just look at Trump as someone who maybe can do more, and has done more or did different things than Biden did. Do you think that um, you know going forward that um, this will help this br- big margin in Iowa will really help him move forward in other states? Do so they see that he has that support? Possibly a little bit, but I think there's a lot of that support there before Iowa. You know, and I think a lot of people with all the troubles that Donald Trump has had and the court cases, uh, you name it, and things that he's done that people didn't like, um, it is kind of amazing, this rebound. I don't know how much Americans look at all these court cases and uh, uh, think that they're serious or that they're, they're just kind of inflammatory cases frivolous cases are being brought against him. I think certainly if you if you listen to Fox News, you know, you get the idea he's just being harassed with frivolous litigation. Well, yeah, if you watch, and then if you watch MSNBC, it's the other, because yeah, exactly, everything is exactly. divided into parties now. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of have to flick around to get yeah. a picture of what's going on. Yeah, and I think the other thing about the litigation is it keeps him in the paper every day. It, it does, yeah. that is true. Or keeps you know. him in the media every day. That is, that's very true. Um, and the Democrats, um, I was talking to Greg Gelcher about this, and he said, you know, it was what the Democratic Party did in this decision um, has hurt the party. He believes it has hurt the hmm. party and made it more difficult to for the party to gain momentum, to build the party, to have people come here and to have all of the attention in the press beyond Donald Trump and the uh, Republicans. Yeah, that that, that uh, takes away. I think that's a good point. But, and there's really nothing like a caucus yeah. to uh, get people involved. Oh, yeah. We have hundreds of voter registrations that we got last night from people. I don't know how many of those are Democrats or just new voters, but we've never had, and I've, I've done a lot of caucuses, and you get a few of these. Right. Even in 2016, I think we got a few at every caucus, and we have tens and twenties and thirties. We ran out of voter registration cards in at least some one location, and I had stacks of voter registration cards in people's packets. So you know, there's just the Democrats just uh, 
a caucus can be a huge boost to the state of Iowa as well as to your party. Oh, yeah, economically. And how many caucus goers did we have in Woodrick County? In 2,764. I saw some statistic this morning. Is that what you thought might show up? I had no... I'm, in 2016, I've, I've kind of calculated that we had somewhere between 20 and 25 percent, and this year it was 17 percent. If you know, and I, I'm probably off with that. So we had about the same right. participation. Yeah, the weather related. or slightly less with the okay. weather. Yeah, and you know, maybe there are people I think who don't like Trump and they just didn't want to caucus. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, the going forward, um, it, I just I know the other thing. Um, I remember hearing that the DeSantis campaign had one person, like a part, someone, a supporter at every every precinct. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did. Well, I don't know. They talked about that. Some people were discussing that had, that was part of his, you know, strategy. But it was have, Trump's. It was part of Trump's strategy right, too, too so, as well, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. they were and well Nikki's, in. Nikki's and, also right. So they're all doing that. Yeah. And that makes a difference? Does it make a big difference to have it that can, person? I don't think so. Uh, it, it does and it doesn't. Uh, like I was in Leeds and the Nikki speaker was from South Dakota. So that doesn't help. Had it been, you know, if they really tried to get a local person from that precinct who would fire up their neighbors, I think it would help. They did have hats. I also always think this kind of thing, anything that gets people involved and calling yourself a precinct leader does get you involved. It's good overall for the party. So going forward, uh, a lot of work to do if he does get the nomination. Yes, I know. I was just thinking about <laughs> going forward. <laughs> it's a lot. This is like the easy part. Yes, yes. So he'll. What I would say is we had a great turnout last night. We had a lot of people like from the west side come out, and that has not been in a particularly Republican area. We're just seeing a lot more, in, an amazing amount of Republican interest in Republican politics than I've ever seen before in all the years I've been volunteering. That was Susan Stewart. She's the former leader of the Woodbury County Republican Party, and now she's the co-chair of that organization's Central Committee. We were talking about former President Donald Trump's big win at Monday's Iowa caucuses. Stay tuned. Coming up next, we'll speak with a representative from the Woodbury County Democratic Party. You are listening to What's the Frequency on Siouxland Public Media.
You are listening to What's the Frequency on Siouxland Public Media. I'm Mary Hartnett. Today on the program, we're talking with representatives of the Woodbury County Democratic and Republican parties about the big win for former President Donald Trump in the Iowa caucuses on Monday. We just talked with Susan Stewart of the Republican Party, and now we'll talk with Greg Gelcher, a history professor at Morningside University. He used to be the leader of the Democrats in Woodbury County. Last night's uh, rather commanding victory for Donald Trump indicates that we are ever less of a purple state in Iowa. This is we are becoming ever more red, ever more conservative. Iowa is is a big focus of the Republican Party in recent years. Oh, oh, definitely so. This year was a very odd year because in the past, fifty years of Democrats the Democratic Party in Iowa making the first choice of presidential nominee, and that ended this year. This year was rather uh, disappointing, I I think, to be a Democrat because we did not have that opportunity to be first in the nation and weigh in on the presidential candidates. Uh, I suspect if you asked Democrats uh, right now, they'd be hard-pressed to name the three who have officially entered the race, including Biden, or other than Biden. Um, And last night, that contributed in part, I think, to a lower turnout and a a lack of enthusiasm for the caucus. What effect does that have on sort of the local parties? Well, it makes party building uh, much more difficult when you have uh, less cause to for people to come out and participate. I mean, the nice thing about the old caucus system is you were able to uh, convince, you know, the casual voter to come in and participate in the process and maybe, you know, get excited about the campaign season, sign up for committees, volunteer to be on the central committee, uh, volunteer to run as a delegate. It was truly a party building experience in addition to a, an opportunity to indicate a presidential preference. This year, we only had the party building activities available. And given the very bitter cold weather and you know the lack of candidates to talk about, uh, it, it did contribute to a lower turnout, which is unfortunate. It's going to hurt the party in the long run. I've talked to a lot of people that went to Washington, D.C. and sat on committees and tried to persuade the the National Party, you know, this is important for us. It's going to cause issues, but Mm -hmm. uh, it just did not work. Yeah, and and the arguments against the Iowa caucus, I think, were rather specious. Um, We are not the most diverse state in the union. Nevertheless, I think the good turnout last night on the Republican side, Iowans, despite not being as diverse, do take their charge seriously. They go to the events. They listen to the candidates. They interview the candidates. They force the candidates to hone their message for a more national audience. And they turn out to to indicate their preference. Um, the Republicans did that, did that last night, despite the cold, despite the snow on the roads, despite the, frankly, treacherous conditions. They turned out. And that, to me, goes against the, the main argument that, oh, you know, you know the, the, the Iowans just aren't a good representation of the national body. Hmm. 
a lot of it, people talked about the lack of diversity mm-hmm. in Iowa, but certainly uh, New Hampshire is uh, not a very diverse state. And they're coming up next. Uh, agreed. Um, you know, for the Democrats, the, ne- the next big one is, of course, South Carolina, the one that really replaced Iowa. And they are more diverse. But a- again, um, diversity is important, but equally important is, are the voters taking it seriously? And I really have been impressed. I, I moved here from Pennsylvania where you, you know, basically you showed up, took five minutes to fill out a ballot, which you, you know, put in a machine. It was a primary and it was simple and easy. When I moved here and, and I started to go to these campaign events and I started to participate in the caucus, I was totally blown away with the higher level of enthusiasm of dedication to the cause, as it were, and the knowledge of voters in Iowa. There are many very well-informed voters, both Democrat and Republican, Mm -hmm. and really they think about this uh, in their intervening years and think about how it's going to work and what will happen and what they need to do, and they plan very carefully. You know, at, at Morningside University, I always encouraged my students, whether they were Republican or Democrat, to go to these events and go to the other side and meet those candidates and compare and contrast. You could do that in Iowa. Right. Now we don't have that opportunity anymore. It's very sad. I think it's going to make us less um, knowledgeable voters going into the future. Really, the whole night was handed to Donald Trump. Obviously, this year, uh, Joe Biden probably been the one to win. Mm -hmm. But without even that going on, um, it totally took all the attention and put it on Donald Trump, which can't be what the Democratic Party would like. No, this I think this was not well thought out in that regard. Certainly all the uh, attention and and, and the, the momentum going forward is on the Republican side. The Democratic side last night got minimal, if any, attention because there really wasn't much to talk about. Party building activities just aren't as sexy as choosing a presidential preference for a candidate. In years past, and and the Democrats knew who they were going to have, there was still plenty of excitement and people Mm -hmm. excited to go and just have a lot of support for their incumbent president. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I remember that as well. And again, Having that excitement and having all those bodies in the room allows for more successful party building, which keeps the party going into the future. Last night at my caucus site, we had 17 Democrats show up. There were multiple positions that went unclaimed, um, multiple opportunities to be a delegate to the county convention that went unfilled. And we cannot have a successful Democratic Party without the people participating. That's not how the system is set up in Iowa. It's not how the system works anywhere. Um, I'm not sure what we will be able to do moving forward if we do not have the attraction of picking a candidate. This year, we were all asked to sign up online for a presidential preference card to be mailed to us. In a way, it asks more of people because now they've got to figure out the, the where to request the card, go through a, a, a somewhat technical process. And you know, I'm wondering how successful that's going to be. That will be the next real 
uh, test of the new, uh, in, you know, in print, you know, quotation marks, improved system for Iowa. Will people request those cards? I'm not sure to the extent to which Democrats are even aware uh, that they now have to request a card. Right, because I remember when it came out and they were talking about it and the date at which you can you can request a card or the date at which you have to have it mailed yes. in and putting link on the site for mm-hmm. everyone to go to. And I thought, wow, this is kind of a lot. I mean, for people that are not Internet savvy, it, older people, maybe it might be a little difficult. For people who are not Internet savvy and for people who are not um, constantly thinking about politics, like you and, and me, <laughs> um, it, it, it is asking a lot. Uh, I guess the first big event for Democrats is next Tuesday in New Hampshire. Yes. So all they will come out full force then. We hope so. But, you know, I, I, I always viewed Iowa as uh, not just a launching pad for the Democrats, uh, for Democratic candidates, but for the Democratic process. Um, in the party. So, you know, what happens in Iowa would help inspire people, I think, in New Hampshire to get out and vote. Um, I'm wondering if there will be a downturn in a a turnout in Nebraska, sorry, in in, um, New Hampshire as a result of the fact that nothing much came out of Iowa. No no big story, no big, um, you know, competition. And I think just at the local level, the kind of a human level, I would think people miss the opportunity to get together and to kind of share that that support and that kind of community that mm-hmm. we always have here during this time of year for every four years. Especially in a part of Iowa that has been notoriously conservative. It was nice to get together um, on caucus night with like-minded Democrats and you know, be reminded that you're not alone. <laughs> you're listening to What's the Frequency on Siouxland Public Media. I'm talking with Greg Gelcher of the Woodbury County Democratic Party about some of the changes that went on this year at the presidential caucuses. It was the first time in more than 50 years that Iowa Democrats did not make the first choice of a presidential candidate in the primary season. It's just kind of sad to see something go that was such an in, integral part of mm. politics, not just for Iowa, but for the country, and it made Iowa proud. It put Iowa on the map. Before I moved to Iowa, I knew basically two things about Iowa. Number one, wrestling was a big sport here. And number two, every four years, Iowa had a caucus. That was pretty much the extent of my knowledge of Iowa. Um it also, of course, let's not forget that the Iowa caucus has always been a of great economic benefit to the state. Yes. Um, you know, the Republicans still poured a lot of money into the state, but did the Democrats? Not, not really. So much. Not so much. Were you at all surprised by the you know, major support for Donald Trump? I was. Um, I, I, I still have a hard time understanding any support for Donald Trump, um, given his behavior, given what he says, has been saying on the campaign trail repeatedly, um, given his many indictments. um, I just don't see, you know, I'm a scholar. I like evidence. I'm not seeing the evidence 
uh, in support of him as, you know, deserving another term. But others obviously disagree. I, w I did expect maybe to see more support for Nikki Haley as kind of the most obvious non-Trump alternative. Um, she did finish third, but she finished third. Yes. <laughs> the whole who's going to come in second yeah. place issue was, was the main issue here. But they were pretty close, uh, her and DeSantis. Yeah, her and DeSantis. DeSantis got about 21%. She got a, And Nikki Haley got about 19%, um, as we know at, uh, at this point. But it did surprise me that Trump topped 50%, and he set a record. Um, the previous record was held by George W. Bush who got f about 40% against uh, Ted Cruz, was it? No, no, sorry, Steve Forbes. Um, and uh, that record was shattered last night. Yeah, and I've listened to several people, uh, voters that uh, have been interviewed for various programs, and some of them are very much MAGA supporters, and others were just had various issues, uh, like mm -hmm. the border, the immigration, the economy, what's going on in schools. These were very, like, homegrown issues, a lot of them, and they were people that otherwise did not agree with the other things he did or think he was a good person. Mm -hmm. That was a real dichotomy. Agreed. And, and in my opinion, the, the real Achilles heel for the Democrats is going to be immigration and the border. That has got to... Uh, be addressed better um, to the satisfaction of the American people. If the Demo if you know, Joe Biden, who seems poised to be the Democratic nominee again, has any um, hope of winning this election, uh, some resolution has to be achieved on the border, and he seems open to negotiation on the border, um, as do Senate Democrats. But we'll see. But it's such an intractable problem, the immigration problem, yes. because we have difficulty addressing the drivers of immigration, which are the poor economic and political and um, you know crime conditions in the countries that yeah. uh, these immigrants are coming from. Until we can, you know, do something to help, particularly the nations of Latin America. Um, get their own houses in order. It, we have a hard time um, cutting down on the number of people who are heading north to try to get into the U.S. Um, the U.S., I mean, we should be uh, proud that the U.S. is such an attractive destination for the downtrodden peoples of the world. I mean, that's still the case. We, we live in a great country. We should not be surprised that people want to move here hoping for a better life. That's That's been true throughout the history of immigration into the U.S. It is tr still true today, but we are having a hard time dealing with large numbers in a, uh, in a good way. Just so many at one time. It's very difficult to process, to yes. give them any help or direction, um, you know, so yeah. Our immigration system is overwhelmed and we need to put more resources into it. That is without argument.
That was Morningside University Professor of History Greg Gelcher, a former leader of the Woodbury County Democratic Party. I also spoke with Susan Stewart, who also is a former leader of the Woodbury County Republican Party. We talked about Monday's presidential caucuses. That's it for this edition of What's the Frequency here on Siouxland Public Media. Please join us Friday at 1030 when Siouxland Public Media's Brett Hayworth will talk to some fellow journalists and they will analyze just what happened on caucus night here in Iowa. Thanks for listening. I'm Mary Hartnett.